Welcome to episode 10 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. So we'll start off on the movie front, and the biggest news this week in movies is that Hans Zimmer is returning to the DC family. He, the composer of the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and tons of other non-DC related things, is going to compose the score for Wonder Woman 1984. So Rupert Gregson Williams scored the first film. He's working on Aquaman right now, but it looks like Zimmer is going to be the one to do this film. Yeah, that's really exciting. He's obviously a big name, um, creates some iconic music, and Rupert Gregson Williams has kind of worked. He's like in the Hans Zimmer school and works underneath him and um, has learned a lot from him. And so, I'm there's scores may have some similar elements, but uh, it's there's nothing quite like getting the man himself to come do it. So that's pretty exciting. I would have had no problem with Rupert Gregson Williams oh, returning. No. Uh, I liked what he did with the first film, but you know, you can't really complain about Hans Zimmer, one of the biggest names in in film music, and yeah, just I mean, tremendous long career, and it's cool to have him back. I know he said he retired from the superhero films after BVS, but I think he's returning for X Men. He's or he's doing an X Men film, and then of course Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. So couldn't keep him out for long. Yeah. Um, related in other film composer news, Hildur Gutnadotter is going to compose the score for the Joker film, according to Film Music Reporter. So she's previously worked on Sicario, Day of the Soldado, and Mary Magdalene. So not not huge projects, um, but an exciting composer that I I'm not really familiar with. So I'm I'm interested to see what she comes up with. Yeah, I'm not familiar with a ton of her work, but she does have a, a pretty good resume. She's done a lot of other things too. I know some, some TV and stuff like that. So. That's cool to see. Um, yeah, I, I can't judge her without listening to any music, but the the Joker films are really starting to come together. Speaking of which, uh, Joaquin Phoenix talked the Joker film with IndieWire. He's doing press for the Sisters Brother, the Sisters Brothers, but he's also preparing for Joker. And you know, whatever comes of this film, uh, however this film turns out, I think it is going to be fascinating and a ton of fun to follow whatever Joaquin Phoenix says leading up the press tour is just going to be a blast because he says whatever he feels like saying this. So he was like annoyed that he is doing press and because he wants to be preparing for Joker, he said it is ideal to be able to focus on one thing and not do press while you're prepping for something else, which is not working out. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's a very honest person. It seems like, um, and no, this isn't surprising. Obviously I, I don't think the press, maybe for some actors, that's their favorite part of their job, but I can't imagine that for most people, it's their favorite part. I think they would rather be getting ready or actually shooting another film. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also asked about the pressure of playing the Joker. You know, big legacy, live up to names, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger. And he said, I could care less. I don't really think that much about what people think. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> well, that's uh, that's probably a good attitude to have, I guess. If you're, Maybe it's a good attitude to have. I'm not really sure. We'll see. Yeah, he, and he also said, you know, how he's been picky about roles. And he said it's all about chemistry. He doesn't care about budget or genre. And he went on to compare it to choosing a lover and all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of stuff there. So, it, but he's basically it's all about chemistry and things coming right and it's something that excites him. Yeah, I I have really really liked most of the stuff I've seen him in, or at least been very interested in the things that I've seen him in. And I guess it's a way to put it. So I. I can't imagine what he's going to do with the Joker, um, but it's it's going to be something different. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm I'm not terribly excited. This isn't high on my most anticipated movie lists uh, among the DC stuff, but I'm I'm really fascinated to see 
what he could possibly do with this role because he's just such a tremendous actor and uh, I, I think it'll definitely be something unique if nothing else yeah all right uh moving on director james wan talked about aquaman in an interview with total film magazine so he talked about choosing aquaman the character and he said let's face it aquaman is the superhero that everyone makes fun of there was a bit of reservation at the start about whether or not i should pursue this character but the more i thought about it i always love being the underdog coming from the horror genre you're always the underdog so i got used to that mentality I, you know, I, again, I absolutely love this approach that James Wan has to it. He's like, yeah, I know you guys, he's not apologizing for Aquaman. He's like, yeah, I know Aquaman's kind of lame, but you guys should check this out. He's no, he's like, everybody thinks it's a joke, but he's awesome. And I'm going to show you how, and I just love that approach he's got to it in, uh, making an awesome Aquaman movie. We hope. Yeah. Uh, he talked about bringing some horror to the film as well. And he said that he asked, can I have monsters in there? Are you guys okay if I have monsters in there? And their response was, have monsters. So <laughs> we've, we've already seen like in the little bit of the clip, you know, from the trench, the some of these really scary looking monster fish things. Um, I'm sure there's more that we haven't seen. And so I, that's a, an aspect of it that I'm really excited to see uh, brought out. Yeah, when he says tr- uh, monsters, I think of the trench, but there's also all the other stuff, the sea dragons and all sorts of underwater, underwater life uh, that worms riding around on and everybody else so there's tons of monsters in there and that's pretty cool yeah and you know like he he talked he went on and talked about how george lucas steven spielberg and james cameron are inspirations to him but he wants to be known as a filmmaker not just a horror filmmaker and i i think hopefully i think this is gonna do that for him or at least get him started on that path and i think starting in horror all it is really is building suspense and knowing when to release that suspense and how to, you know, how to maybe misdirect people even. Um, but I think those are those are things that just make good films is building that suspense and knowing how to manipulate the audience almost. So I think that's a, a good background to come from um, and hopefully a fresh take we'll get on a, a superhero film. Yeah, and he's, I think a lot of people would say he already is known for being a, a filmmaker after furious seven, but yeah. that's an, that's an existing franchise. This is really something he gets to do almost entirely from scratch. We know Aquaman showed up before, but this is really his film. He gets to, he gets to start from scratch on it. So I think that's uh pretty cool. And like you said, I I've seen his films and it's not, they're not just scary. Uh, obviously he's, he's great with making you scary, making you scared, but he, he does do good work with characters and do good work with story and everything like that. Things, other things in the the horror genre that can translate to any film, no matter what what it is. But yeah, the tension and everything like that that's still big and and can be used in in action films too. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to TV, HBO has officially ordered Watchmen to series. This is very exciting. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they, on Twitter, HBO released the uh, "Nothing Ever Ends" teaser, and it kind of like you know zooms out and you see the button with the blood splatter and the HBO logo. I just, I've been really, really pumped about this project ever since they started talking about it, and I'm, I'm glad that it's officially official now, and it's really, really going to series. It's it's already kind of felt like that just with the progress that they've made, but this is almost kind of like, it doesn't really give you a, a, a good timeline um, of exactly when it will come out. They did say it's going to debut in 2019, but you don't know which part of mm-hmm. 2019 it'll debut in, but... Um, it looks like they're moving pretty quickly, you know, as far as HBO goes, because some of their shows, they, they've moved kind of slow on. So uh, things seem to be coming together pretty well. 
Yeah, they take their time and release it when it's right. But yeah, I'm very excited too. And it's not surprising that it's ordered a series. It's HBO's first real superhero show. And with Damon Lindelof, who they worked before, behind it, uh, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I'm excited to see the first bits of footage, which is probably still quite a ways off. Uh, like you said, it does. it's coming sometime in 2019, but I'm guessing they've just filmed the, the pilot so far. And so they'll need to do several more episodes. They didn't give an episode count, but 10 is kind of the a common number for HBO that's usually in the sweet spot that somewhere around there. So there's still a lot of work to do on the remaining episodes. Yeah. And they said a a brief description of, it says Watchmen embraces the nostalgia of the original groundbreaking graphic novel while attempting to break new ground of its own. Uh, It doesn't tell you a whole lot. I would really, really strongly recommend if you go read Damon Lindelof's like open letter to the Watchmen fan base Mm -hmm. about what he wants to do with this show. I think that'll give you a pretty good insight and, get you excited about it yeah absolutely uh i think that's just a one sentence descriptor of everything he said there we know it's it's he says it's not a sequel but it's everything that happened in the Watchmen book is canon so it, yeah it, it's just a continuation in that world uh set down the line so pretty excited to see what Lindelof does with it but that gives us at least five dc tv shows that are expected to debut in 2019 you know it's not counting all the existing shows but there's Watchmen, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and Pennyworth, those have all been ordered to series. Metropolis also was, but you know we, we know it's being reformulated, re- reformatted, and we haven't heard any updates on that, so I don't know if that's you know being shelved for a while or if it's you know being abandoned altogether. We haven't heard anything on it, but then there's also the possibilities of Batwoman, Project 13, starring Tracy 13, and Why the Last Man. So a lot a lot of DCTV going on already and a lot more to come in 2019. Yeah, we're we're not going to have a trouble trouble um looking for content. We're gonna probably going to have trouble keeping up with it. We're definitely not going to have trouble looking for it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of why the last man, which is not really a DC property, you know, we have to say this every time. It's it's published by DC, but it's uh it's a separate thing, creator owned. Uh it, production has apparently started on the pilot, FX's pilot for the show. Showrunner Michael Green on Twitter shared a photo with just the letter Y with a caption that said day one. Uh, so I think that's a pretty strong indication that, that it has started. Yeah, strong indication it started and, and also exciting. This has been in the works for a while and definitely a story that I think will translate pretty well. Yeah, and like we, we talked about with Watchmen, Michael Green, the showrunner, has a really good, really good track record recently, you know, so and this is a very different type of show. It's not going to have a bunch of DC characters or anything like that. You know, it's set in a world where all the men but one are gone. So it's it's pretty cool. This is something very different from what we see right now in, in DC TV. Yeah. Uh, we also got details on the show from FX CEO John Landgraf. He was at the TCAs and Slash Film got some details on that. So they're just going to title it Y, just the letter Y, not they're dropping the last man. Yeah, that's... It's interesting. It's, I mean, it's like a cool name, but it'll, I think it'll make it a little weird to like tell people about the show or what you're watching, but whatever. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be set in the present day. The comic debuted and was set in the year 2002, but they're going to set it in the present day. And I think that makes a lot of sense. You can obviously, uh, you can just as prevalent today as 2002, you, there's a lot of gender issues and, and things like that that you can touch on in present day uh in terms of you know one man on earth and tons of females i think there's a lot you can can do with that yeah 
ampersand the monkey is going to be quote mostly cgi i know i know you were excited to see ampersand be cast zach but looks like it's going to mostly be cgi yeah there goes you know i spent probably like three or four hours coming up with my my dream wish list of who i was going to fan cast but you know they want to do cgi that's fine yeah i don't know how long monkeys live if the one from friends is still around uh (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't have a long list for that uh they did he did confirm that diane lane you know as martha uh will be playing politician jennifer brown york's mother on the show that's pretty cool really exciting casting yeah. That, uh, and I, I think that's a really important role too. So to see quality actress like Diane Lane in the role is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a really big name to get in. Like this is not a big project, I don't think. So that's a that's really cool. And Deadline also had a bit of casting news. Timothy Hutton will play the U.S. president in the pilot. And I, I don't want to spoil much, but it is called. You know, the comic is called Why the Last Man. So I'm guessing he won't appear a ton after the pilot without spoiling much. Like I said, yeah. Yeah, he's probably not going to be a series regular necessarily. Yeah, I could I could see one scene at the beginning there, and then that be that be it for Timothy Hutton. Uh, also, the CW has announced the crossover dates for the their DC TV crossover. So December 9th, tenth, and eleventh at eight p.m. Eastern are going to be when they air. Supergirl and the Flash are switching dates. You know, the Flash is on Sunday, and Supergirl is on Tuesday. That's that's a really uh, kind of strange. I can't think of if it's just like a scheduling quirk. My guess, my best guess is that maybe Batwoman will get something big to do in the, the final episode and Batwoman might be set on Supergirl's Earth. So that's why they want to make the Batwoman heavy episode on the Supergirl show. But that's 100% just a guess on my part. Yeah, that, that sounds like as good a guess as any. There is also news that Superman and Lois Lane will both both appear in this year's crossover. So Tyler Hecklin will reprise his role as Superman in all three episodes of this crossover. And Lois Lane is going to be cast soon. Uh, what do you think about this sec? I was, I enjoyed Tyler Hecklin's Superman, the way that he was used and the way that they ended the story. I was not pining for him to come back. Um, so I'm not overly excited that he's coming back. I feel like they left it in a good point. And they mention him every now and then, but we don't get to see him. That So it's okay that he's coming back. It's weird that he's coming back for all three episodes. I wonder how big of a role he's going to have, what he's going to be doing. The part that is kind of annoying is that they're bringing in Lois Lane as well, which I guess if you already have a different version of Superman, why not? But just one more version of Lois Lane. And normally I'm the person that's fine with having multiple versions of characters, but I don't know. There's something, for some reason... Something about this is rubbing me the wrong way. And then there's also the Metropolis show where they're going to have Lois Lane. So who knows how close those are going to end up together as well. Right. Yeah. If Metropolis is still in development, that would be another weird thing. And I, I know most people are very positive about this news and pretty excited about it. I'm, I am less so. And that's just me as a Superman fan thinking he should be saved for the biggest spectacle and you know him appearing should be kind of a big deal and not just diluted and, and thrown in like that. I think he, you know, Superman, personally, this is my opinion, Superman and like Wonder Woman, Batman, Harry Potter, James Bond, uh, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. I think those should all be like them appearing should be a spectacle, a blockbuster in itself and should be saved for the biggest thing in movies. Um, that's my personal opinion. So I'm never, I always have mixed feelings when Superman appears on Supergirl because of that. And 
I'm just, I'm not sure how to feel it because I am excited. You know, I'm always excited to see Superman, uh, but I, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing for the character. Uh, and if your counter argument is that, well, Superman's might not appear anytime soon anywhere else, as far as we know, then that just kind of makes me sad that, <laughs> you know, we're in the golden age of superhero adaptations and the first and what I consider to be the best superhero is just relegated to being a sidekick who just occasionally pops up to boost a, a couple nights of TV ratings. I just think the character deserves better than that. And so it's, it's disappointing to me in, in that aspect. But having said that, um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I wonder how they are going to fit into the story. Yeah. Like this news probably more than anything else has made me really curious about what the story is actually going to be for the crossover, what, what on earth they're planning. So if anything, it's got me intrigued as to what's going to happen. Yeah. What, what if they just had, if they decided to adapt injustice, Lois Lane shows up for a scene, some random villain kills her. And then Superman is evil and everybody has to fight Superman. I don't think they're going to do that at all, but I think that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. And like you said, I don't think that's what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but seriously, I mean, there's uh, snark aside, there's how how is, I mean, it's a big deal to throw in Superman. And I don't want, like when he shows up on Supergirl, you don't want Superman to save the day because, you know, you follow the adventures of Oliver, Barry, and Kara every week and Batwoman's showing up. I don't mind Batwoman saves the day because she's a new character being introduced to her own thing. But you don't want Superman to save the day, but you also don't want Superman just to show up and be a sidekick or something like that. So I think it's going to be something tricky to balance. I mean, could it be rescuing Superman? You know, maybe something has happened and they need to save him and he's not hes not a sidekick and he's not the one saving the day. Maybe they, they need to go save him and Lois. Yeah, it's possible. I'm, I'm really curious. No, 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 I'm I'm just wondering how all this is going to fit. But I will say I've been pleased with all of the crossovers so far, yeah. and so I mean they they have the benefit of the doubt. So Stephen Amell talked to Digital Spy, and he said the crossover will be more personal this year. He said, "quote Because we went so big with the crossover last year, you can't go bigger, so you have to go more about the characters in the story." I believe that's exactly what they said last year. They wanted to do something smaller than Invasion, um, but. I think that's a cool idea. I don't know that they're going to do this, but I think it would be cool. You know how last year Crisis on Earth X, it, it had the cast of all four shows and just sort of rammed together, jumbled together. I thought that was great, but I thought it would also be interesting to see do something different where they can isolate and sort of have, you've got Green Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, um, whatever other heroes show up with them, Batwoman, of course, and you isolate them somehow from all their supporting cast and it's just the heroes together and then... Uh, doing something differently and with it just being three nights this year i think that would be a nice way to do a smaller more personal story <laughs> yeah I, I really like that idea as well and, and like you said i think they keep saying that they want to make it more personal um and the smaller story but it it probably it seems like it's actually going to happen this time yeah uh we'll see and I, I'm, I'm also interested to see who's involved with this because guggenheim and kreisberg have been big, big names in the past for the crossovers and we know those they're both pretty much gone so i don't know how much involvement Berlanti is going to have Greg Berlanti and everything else but we'll see uh Melissa Benoist thinks the Supergirl Batwoman interaction should be interesting because Kara has been kind of reluctant to team with vigilantes in the past and Katie Letts also said that there's just too much going on with the introduction of Batwoman to include the legends uh, at least that's uh the reason they're giving yeah I I, I don't think you're ever going to hear I, there's probably multiple reasons but I 
there's probably some more negative reasons that we just won't ever hear from them about why legends won't be included but this is a nice one to say too yeah i, I mean it is i'm sure part of it is just the the practicalities of four shows right. combining is really difficult and also the legends are probably the toughest to include because you've got a handful of hand you know you've got several heroes you need to include and that basically doubles the roster of heroes just by including one extra show so I, I know that's really tricky but i am disappointed that sarah and ray and constantine especially zari that they're not going to show up and interact with some of those other characters yeah i mean every episode of legends is almost like a crossover just because they go back in time or they deal with some crazy historical figure or there's some random hero that shows up so yeah but still kind of like you said disappointing not seem all right moving on bruce Boxleitner from Tron and Babylon 5 has been cast in a recurring role in Season 5 of Supergirl as Vice President Baker, according to TV Line. If this sounds like familiar casting, like, didn't we already go over this? That's because Brent Spiner, who played Data on the Star Trek, uh, was cast in the role, but had to depart due to family reasons. So, Bruce Boxleitner is going to take over. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Spiner has to leave, whatever the reasons are. Uh, hope, Hope everything's okay there. But yeah, this this looks like really good casting in place. And whatever the vice president's role is this year, we will see. Yeah. Uh, another casting bit of news. This one, pretty big name. Brendan Fraser is going to star as Cliff Steele, Robot Man, in Doom Patrol for DC Universe, according to Deadline. So you might know him from Encino Man, The Mummy Films, or Blast from the Past. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That movie, <laughs> movie is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah he's been he's been in lots of good stuff i've always liked him and everything was you know he's big in the 90s and early 2000s lots of blockbuster type stuff really and he he went away for a while you know i know he's doing some tv stuff but this is a really big get for dc universe even if it's in in a small role and yeah he's been he was a big big deal back in the day and almost superman at one point with yeah. jj abrams superman flyby script um he was close to being superman then so yeah this is a really big get and it's kind of exciting yeah, I, I really like him. I think he, he gets ridiculed sometimes, like sort of maybe like Nick Cage does. A lot of people like to hate on him, but I actually, I like him a lot because I, growing up, I liked watching his films. So maybe I'm a little biased, but yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited about this. It, it says that he's going to appear in flashbacks and voice the character. Yeah, so even if he's only in one or two episodes as Cliff Steele, and then he mostly gets to voice the character, um, still a big get. And like, like you, I... I, yeah, I don't, I w- I'm always afraid to say this about actors because I never know if there's like some personal news that came out that they're a horrible person or something. Right. That I just assume I, I haven't heard anything about that with Brendan Fraser, but I've always liked him and 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 what he brings and uh, he's got he's got that kind of goofy charm that makes him really likable. It's always fun. Uh, and so Riley Shannon is going to appear in the physical robotic form as Robot Man. So you know, Fraser's not going to be doing that, like we said, just doing the voice. Yeah, and that makes it easy uh, for him and for to get a name like this. Uh, but the confusing part is Jake Michaels was cast in the role for Titans. I don't know if that was ever confirmed. I know comicbook.com reported that. So I, is he just doing the physical form or is this a recast? I just think it's really weird because the the cast for Doom Patrol, they they announced that April Bowlby was also going to play the character Elasta Woman on Doom Patrol, which is already playing on Titans. And we didn't even talk about it because it's like, well, yeah. Um, but I wonder if they're recasting part of the Doom Patrol or, you know, they didn't plan for it to be a separate show in the first place or, or what. It's just strange. I, I wonder if they're going to, if it's just Frasier and they can have him do the voice 
for the Titans episode that the Doom Patrol's in, then then it's really easy. But if they need to, but if they recast, you know, looking for bigger names, then um, are they going to have to reshoot the parts of the Doom Patrol episode? I don't know. Yeah, and maybe there's a chance that they recast, they get a bigger name for some of these other characters. We don't know. But these ones have come out a little later than the, the original Jake Michaels casting, I think. Yeah, Jake Michaels was was announced or reported for Titan specifically. So for the Doom Patrol show, the only confirmed people we have is April Bowlby as The Last Woman, Dan Guerrero as Crazy Jane, obviously Brendan Fraser as Cliff Steele, Robot Man, and then Joyvin Wade as Cyborg. So um, I, I don't know if everyone else is going to be reprising their roles. I, I hope they have the same actors just for continuity's sake. I'm a fan of that, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Other casting news for season five of The Flash, according to TV insider Troy James, will play Peter Merkel, aka Ragdoll. Ragdoll is a triple-jointed contortionist villain who first appeared in 1942. Uh, he's going to appear in episode five, and James is a real-life contortionist. He was on America's Got Talent. I saw a clip of him on uh, on YouTube, and it's it's challenging to watch if you're not if you don't have the stomach for that kind of stuff very impressive uh but challenging to watch his insane flexibility yeah and i'm sure we'll get to see some of that like you i i'm not a huge fan of watching that but i i'm interested to see it in context um and i don't know what makes you triple jointed more than double jointed i don't know what the difference is but we'll probably find out oh you're not a doctor no, that's won't. true uh so one more little bit of casting. Basketball legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is going to guest star on the final season of iZombie because why not? Um, according to The Hollywood Reporter, he will play Zed, one of the just two Seattle City Council members who didn't flee the city before the wall went up. What a nice guy. Uh, he also posed for a picture with Rose McIver, the star of the show. Um, he's a little bit taller than she is. You should go check it out. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's just funny. She's 5'4", maybe, and he's 7'2". Uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I, Abdul Jabbar is awesome. Heck of a skyhook, tremendous basketball player. Uh, and he's acted for a long time, you know, back to Airplane in 1980. And he's been in some other movies and TV shows over the years. So I don't know. This is just cool. Cool bit of, of fun casting. In video games news, the official Lego DC Supervillain story trailer was released on YouTube. That's a mouthful. Uh, this is looks this looks pretty cool. The the basic premise it looks like, which you get from the story trailer, is that the Justice League is gone, so all the villains sort of have to team up and stop Darkseid's invasion. Not dissimilar to a Suicide Squad type of thing, but the tons, you know, basically all the the big DC villains. And I noticed some of the DC animated universe voices in there. Michael Ironside is Darkseid. Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor. Mark Hamill is Joker. I, this looks really cool and really fun for like a video game. Yeah, it looks cool. It, I mean, it starts. Literally, I think the first thing they say, talk about is the anti-life equation. So that's got to have you pumped up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they're touching on that and doing some fourth world stuff. I, I think that's just all they'll do. But I'm guessing that's what Darkseid's after in right. the film. Or in so the, it comes in, the game. in the game. Yeah. Comes out October 16th on Windows, PC4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And last up today, DC Universe has announced DC Daily, a daily DC news show as it would imply. So the synopsis is DC Daily will offer fans entertaining news and insights, exclusive guest appearances, interviews, and panel discussions with some of the most knowledgeable voices in the DC universe. So the show is going to be available for free at youtube.com slash DC, but DC Universes will members will have, quote, exclusive expanded version of the show that provides additional content and behind the scenes access. 
if this sounds like a lot like DCL access, I think that's kind of because it is. It looks like it might be a little bit expanded, but it's going to replace DCL access, their YouTube show. I've noticed DCL access has been longer lately. They've been expanding it, making it a little bit longer. So I wonder if it's just sort of a dry run for, for that, but I think they'll add some stuff to it, but it'll be very similar to DCL access. We'll see how much has changed. Uh, but DC Universe is going to have a live stream August 29th from 4.30 to 6 Pacific time. It'll be hosted by Kevin Smith. Give details on the show and the new membership DC Universe site. Yeah, and when you when you signed up for DC Universe, you could like either pay monthly or pre-order yearly. And they mentioned some additional content if you did, did the yearly thing instead of monthly. So maybe the expanded versions of these episodes will be for yearly people or maybe it'll be for everybody on dc universe i don't know sounds cool um i'm i will reserve judgment until i watch it but it, it sounds like a good idea yeah i think so too you know what dcl access has is lots of interviews with comic book creators and things like that and that's all exciting and we'll see what other kind of talent they got in there but it, it looks like a really cool idea yep all right that's all we've got for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon <laughs>